It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.
you have your Bibles today, we're going to turn to the book of Micah, chapter 3. How many have ever heard a sermon from the book of Micah? Raise your hand. Not too many. Not too many there. Amen. How many believe 2 Timothy 3.16? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Amen. Including Micah chapter 3. And uh, though some of our more liberal uh, brethren out there like to discount the Old Testament, do you know that uh, when Timothy quoted that, uh, there was no New Testament at the time he said those words. Uh, the only scriptures they had were, were the Old Testament, including Micah. And I do believe that it's pertinent to us today. A lot of good, solid information there. I want you to pay attention closely uh, to this message. You know, Micah 3.9, we have these words in. Now, hear this, heads of the house of Jacob and the rulers of the house of Israel who abhor justice and twist everything that is straight. Now I'm writing, I'm reading, I'm sorry, from the New American Standard Version today. Who abhor justice and twist everything that is straight. Does that sound like anything that's going on in our world today? Everything. Everything is going on. Now, now, as a pastor, as a Christian, as a leader, it's my responsibility to speak truth Amen. to the people of God. And it's my, uh, you know, I'm not going to bury my head in the sand and, and ignore those things that are going on currently in the world that we're in. That's just not going to happen. And it's my responsibility to inform you and to allow you to understand what is happening. Today's message is entitled, Good and Bad Leadership. Good and Bad Leadership. And we have the scripture Paul says in, in Corinthians to the church, he says that the Old Testament was given to us basically as an example of how we're to live. The examples both don't do this and do this. There's good examples and bad examples, but they are examples for us in which we need to live by. Most of us are occasionally leaders. Whether you have children in your home that you're leading, maybe on your job you supervise, maybe in the church. But most of us at some point, or at least all Christian believers are in training for reigning, for leadership. The powers that be that are assisting God in the running of His universe, or I should say multiverse, many of them are going to be displaced because of their rebellion, at least a third, and will be replaced by the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what we go through and deal with in this life is training us for something greater that is to come. That we're going to be a part of. Amen? But when we look at our world, now I'm an American citizen of the United States. And uh, this could go for any, any nation in the world today, but I'm not interested in what's happening. And I'm dealing with people that live here. Why God put us here. I don't live in Germany, I don't live in Great Britain, I don't live in France, I live in the United States, my ministry is here, and my fellow citizens 
abide in you. We live here. So this is for us today. Amen. You know, we look at the news from Washington, D.C. and the, over the past few decades, or we'll say 45 years or so, okay? And the news that we receive out of Washington is really not added to the esteem in which the people of the United States hold their national leaders. We have Watergate and now Spygate the use of taxpayers' money, or I should say the misuse, has <laughs> soured many good citizens on our government. Most of us are ready to admit, and, and, and we, we understand that because office holders are just humans, we can expect them to have their weaknesses. But you know, I think subconsciously, most of us would like to think that people in positions of responsibility will set an example of integrity and morality. Correct? The fact remains that leaders, according to the Bible, have a greater responsibility than people they lead. Do you know that? Amen. Are we seeing leadership from those in authority? today, good leadership? Or are we seeing bad leadership? You know, Micah confirms and he condemns what we see in our day, he saw in his day. I want to quote something. No people is fully civilized, and that was said by Theodore Roosevelt. No people is fully civilized and he says this, quote, where a distinction is drawn between stealing an office and stealing a purse. So what, is it, what does he mean by that, preacher? Stealing an office or stealing a purse. Those in power have been tempted to take advantage of people. You know, we hear the phrase today, uh, are they held accountable to a standard? Are those who steal the office in government and sit in that place where they're lording over people, are they held to the same standard when they commit a crime as you, the person in this country, who does something that's against the law? Okay, we just saw this week alone the head of the FBI, the Inspector General, who has replaced the investigation into Russian collusion because uh, the Senator Jeff Sessions, the Attorney General, former Senator, he's now the Attorney General, recused himself. And the Inspector General report came out two weeks ago stating they found no bias in the Trump investigation and the Russian collusion investigation, the Hillary Clinton email investigation, it saw no bias at all. Congress said, I think we need to talk about this uh, in a little more detail. Now I watched the whole thing because that's how I am, you know. I'm a C-SPAN kind of guy. I'm wired that way. But I want to know what's going on in the world I live in, in the government that, that I'm going to hold account. Come on. 
very highest positions of the Department of Justice, the FBI, are lying clearly to the American people. Your senators clearly said that. Trey Gowdy came out there. There's no bias. Why have they done everything they can to stop Donald Trump from becoming president? And then once he became president, they're doing everything they can even now to keep and prevent him from governing. That's not bias. It's the very definition, Trey Gowdy said, of bias. What are we talking about? We're talking about corruption, collusion, unrighteousness, and leadership. And as the nation goes, so goes the leadership. Now, when one man commits a crime and he's put in jail, Manafort, <laughs> he's put in prison. He's in jail right now on charges of corruption. Why is Jim Comey, the lying FBI former director, still walking free? There's a double standard, correct? There's a double standard. Why is Hillary Clinton, who destroyed 30,000 emails, bleached the hard drive, smashed it with a hammer, walking free? Because they covered up, Rosenstein himself covered up the fact that Loretta Lynch met with Bill Clinton and ordered them not to reveal these facts to the American people. And that's why Rosenstein's lips are sealed to this day. They're going to have to impeach him in order to get any progress on the matter. But what we're seeing happening is, is unprecedented. Do you realize, now many of you are younger than 60 or 50, you would not, maybe not understand quite the, the, the seriousness of the matter, that a communist woman was voted in this week in the Democratic Party in New York. A communist, an open communist. Somebody said, well, what, what does that have to do? What does that do you understand what communism is? A form of government, socialism, communism, we have a democratic republic we're supposedly living in. Communism, since Karl Marx came up with his doctrine, the turn of the century, took over by revolution, Russia, of course China, uh, later on. Communism has killed more human beings on this planet than any other form of government put together. Now when we look at America, don't look and say, well, you know, we just have a, a capitalist system. It's not capitalism versus communism, okay? Capitalism with unrighteous leaders is every bit as wicked or more so than communism. That's right. It's the people. I'm talking today about good and bad leadership. And when you have a people who live in a democratic republic with a constitution that is God-given, and they reject that, we have problems. We have something wrong going on. Now, is this unprecedented in human history? Absolutely not. We're going to look at Micah because this is what Micah... You know, you probably haven't heard too many messages from Micah because we've not gotten to the place where we need to look at Micah like we do today. Micah fits right now in the world we're in. Israel had reached a place where their government had become corrupt. What does Micah do? Now, Micah prophesied during the time of Isaiah. So we're looking at about 2,600 years ago. 
during the days of Isaiah. Micah, his prophecy was toward the leadership of the nation of Israel and the consequences of their rebellion and their sin. That's what his prophecy is all about. And I told you before, and I'll tell you again, that what once was, as Solomon said, will once again be. We've come full circle. And that's why Micah is important today. Before we begin, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be here with your people, to stand before them. Lord, to open up your word, the words of life. Father, speak to us today. Inform us from your word. Show us, Lord, where we're at and what we need to do and where we need to hope in. Lord, I just ask for the anointing of your spirit without which I can do nothing. And Lord, let your anointing be upon every ear to hear and every heart to receive. Father, I thank you for good ground today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We'll look at three things today. Number one, bad leaders. And I'm going to spend most of my time on that. My other two points are a lot smaller. But more so equally important. But bad leaders. In Micah chapter 3, verse 1, uh, we have these words penned. And I said, Hear now, heads of Jacob and rulers of the house of Israel, is it not for you to know justice? You who hate good and love evil. Micah's prophesying to the leadership of Israel, to the government, the people running the country, running it in the ground. Is it not, do you not have to face justice is what he's saying? Do you not have to live by the, the words of God, the justice that I've established in the land? Is it you, can, you can circumvent that? That's what God is telling it through Micah. He said, hear my words. Notice he calls him Jacob. What was Jacob? He was the man who was renamed by God, Israel. Now that's not a mistake in the Bible or a misprint because Jacob was what Israel once was. But now had turned back and become a supplanter and a deceiver once again. The word Israel means prince with God, but they were anything but a prince with God at this point in history. And God addresses them by their true nature. He calls them Jacob. But He makes sure they understand, I'm talking to you, Israel. You hate good and you love evil. Does that not describe the world we're in today? People run to do wickedness and evil. You know that we have, you just turn on and the people that are revered in our society, the actors, the actresses, you know we're in trouble when they're your heroes. Yeah. When I was a kid, the heroes were the generals and the, and the mighty men. Now the heroes are actors and actresses. And they get on and they spew hatred toward everything and anything that's good. That's right. Inversion. Are we not right where on the doorstep of where these people were at in Israel? What's their fate? What will happen to them because of this? You've heard that saying, as the head goes, so goes the... That's it. It's not... And here I want us to get this point. It's not that the leaders were more wicked than the people. Do you think our leaders today are more wicked than the people here in this country? You're mistaken if you think that. And that's not what I'm saying. Are they wicked? Yes, many of them are. But I want you to think about this. Wealth and position enables you to gratify your selfish desires. 
because it's in the power of your hands, chapter 2, verse 1. The, the, the wealthy had the opportunity to do wrong, which the poor people didn't have. Have you ever watched, you ever seen somebody who, oh, I'm going to hit the lotto. You know, some dude up in West Virginia, hit the lotto, redneck in West Virginia. <laughs> Five years later, he's broke. Yeah. Kids are dead, crack addicts, everything. Why? They just, true nature just coming out. He couldn't kill himself on that little bit of money he had. But once he had money in his hand, he go just, he done bought 10 strip clubs, you know, I mean, just, just went buck wild. We get mad at the leaders, the people do, you know, they don't do a bunch of crooks, and you know, they, you know, and you give them the opportunity. And what happens? Same thing. See, it's, it's the nature inside God is really addressing and dealing with. Now, you take the government, a capitalist, meaning they could free trade and make money and so forth, that builds wealth. There's no doubt. It also builds corruption. Now, where people get hooked up in the left, in church people in particular, okay, with leftism and socialism, and, is it promises good things. We're going to redistribute the wealth to everybody. We're going to all treat everybody the same. We're going to love the Mexicans coming in. We're going to love this. We're going to love that. Okay, how do you pay for all that? Do you give everybody the same? Or do people work and earn their way to become better people? You see, if you give everybody, what happens? People are spoiled. It's a bad system. And here's what I'm saying. Why do people gravitate toward that other than they're lazy and they want something free? I'll tell you why. Because, and I'm talking about church folk. Why do church folk gravitate into that? Here's why. It promises something that Jesus promises to do. We're going to help the poor. We're going to be good. We're going to be... And they blame... Notice they blame the people who are law-abiding, working citizens. They blame them for being intolerant and being bigots and racist and Nazis. They are the Nazis. They don't know the definition. They are the socialists, the Nazis. They're the ones who are evil and bad. Not the people they're, they're condemning as bad. But they, 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 they have a philosophy based on emotion, not facts. No facts. Just emotion. Well, <laughs> think about this for a minute. I want you to think for a minute. We had a seven-day period, Robbie, from last Sunday to today, correct? By Wednesday, the whole news was Trump tried to separate children from their parents all week. Hello? Is that not? Did there, am I the only one who heard that? All week. He's so bad. He's separating children from their parents. Then Justice... Kennedy said, I'm stepping down. And within hours, I mean, the man hadn't even put a nomination up. Oh, he's going to put somebody on a new Roe v. Wade. And all, that's all I've heard. But what, did, what, what does that, what does that really say, Robbie? Think about it. What does that say? It's saying, I love children and want to help children, right? Is that the message they want you to hear? But what do I hear? I hear they're using these children to say that because in the same week they're saying, I want to 
rip children out of their mother's womb. Because that's you should pay for it. Now, if Trump did promote a pro-life judge who said no government abortion, I'm happy with that. That's a good thing. Why should I be responsible for your reproductive? Is that my responsibility? So what what we we be concerned with the children? But we're gonna kill the children. Liberalism, socialism is a mental disease of the spirit. You are demonically infused with idiocy. Don't even bring it to me, okay? It's insane. One minute we're talking about Trump. I'm talking about Maxine Water. It destroyed America. And the same woman is saying, we need to kill him. We need to get rid of him. We're seeing a, a, a nation imploding on itself. Bad leadership. Now again, it's not just the leadership because a lot of the people, the leadership is a reflection of the people. You get what you you what you deserve. Now, as 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 believers, we in this world will make a difference. Amen. I haven't got there yet, but let me go on. Let's read on. Michael uh, three two. You, you that is the leaders, the leaders that love. Uh, evil and hate good. That's the leaders. He said, you tear off their skin from the people and their flesh from their bones and you eat the flesh of my people. You break their bones, chop them up for the pot as meat in the kettle. And you know, that's exactly what the left is doing to the people that they're wanting to vote for them. They're using them and they're just going to grind them up and throw them in the pot and eat them up. They're going to tear them apart. Do you know the, the saddest story in American history? I'm just going to can, you know, can I tell you the truth in the pulpit here? Can I just tell you the truth? I'm not a racist, but I, you call me that. That's okay. You ever follow the plight of the black man in America? The plight. The plight of the black. You know, civil rights. We need equality and civil rights in America. Do you know, I agree with that. All men are created equal and endowed with their creator. I believe that all should be treated equally under the law. The law should apply. Do you know that throughout the civil rights of the 1950s and 60s, laws were changed to make things equal? I went to school with blacks. Did you? Very few. Okay, very few. Depending on where you, where you live. I lived in Washington, D.C. And, and I went to school with blacks. Okay? But the black man has been enslaved again. The black man has never been set free. Oh, he was set free. The cage door was opened by legislators. But he still remains in the cage, locked up to this very day. Now, I'm not talking about everybody. There's exceptions, you understand. I'm not blanketing a race. But by and large, in America, black people are still in the cage. They're still locked up in slavery. 
then it's not the plantation owner or the white man who's enslaved them. It's the government. They're doing just what uh, Micah said that the Israelis were doing to their own people. They're eating up for lunch. You need to vote Democrat. You, know, you can't vote for no Republican. You've got to vote Democrat, 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 Democrat. We're going to give you this, give you this, and they give them nothing. Look at the black man today in America. He yes, is sir. in poverty. Yes, indeed. Has the Democrat Party helped? I should say the Soplica, has it helped the black man? It's hurting. Because the only thing he expects is a handout. Give me this, give me that. You owe me this. I, I, I heard a discussion this week on reparations. That we white people owe the black man reparations for slavery that took place in 1860. And you know where the discussion was at? On a Christian form. Christian black people. What happened to them? They, they believed not the book, but they believed these politicians. And these politics, their leaders are bad leaders. Look at the leaders in the black community. Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson. These are wicked men. Farrakhan. Wicked men who do just that to their people. Now these white kids on, on the left who are running around riding in the streets. How many saw on the news this morning the Antifa and the white people clashing in the streets? This is real. This is going on. Now, when I was a kid, you had the civil rights marches and Martin Luther King was shot in 68 and all that. It was a pretty tough time. I lived right in there. Yeah. Okay, now, we're right back full circle. This is happening today. Violence, wickedness. We're seeing the same thing. And that, well, let's read on here. They tear the flesh off. Now, you know, even pagan, this is how bad our leadership is today. You know, a lot of black people are turning to the right. They really are. Because it's gotten so bad, they, they, they now realize they're just using us. Finally, people starting to wake up. What was that? The, the two black ladies they banned from Facebook. Oh, oh yeah. that's too crazy. Wonderful. Wonderful yeah. girls. You know. They understand truth. They understand truth. Silken. Diamond and silk. That's it. Diamond and silk. I love those Wonderful. I want to quote something here. It says, Even pagan rulers were often more responsible than the leaders of Israel. And that would go for the United States here today as well. When a provincial Roman governor wrote to Tiberius Caesar, listen to this. He asked him to increase taxes. Caesar responded, quote, It is the right of the good shepherd to shear the sheep, not to skin them, unquote. Even Caesar understood there's a limit to what you can do to people. Now, you know, this has gone on for a long time. Now, there was no communism. He was a, a flat-out dictator, okay? Now, a famous French minister of finance, on the other hand, he said this, and this would probably fit for our government today. Our purpose is to get the greatest possible amount of feathers from our geese with the least amount of squawking. <laughs> really? 
Government expand, but on the backs of the people. Government doesn't produce anything. Doesn't produce any income at all. It takes income. You got people in power, they vote themselves raises every few years. Whereas the average working citizen hasn't had a raise in years. And that's what Micah is addressing, the unrighteousness in leadership at the top. It says here that ultimately we know God pronounces judgment on these leaders. Where is America prophetically headed next? Where is the world, for that matter, headed next? The church has a date with the bridegroom. Okay, but I'm talking about the world that we're in. Where is the world headed next? Judgment. Judgment and desolation is coming. You can delay judgment, but it will not be deferred. God will not defer. It will come. It will not linger forever. What are we in today in America? As I've said before, we're in a time where God is revealing and exposing. So people take people are taking sides. And they're polarizing big time. You look out in society right now, it's polarizing big time. Now we're gonna sit, you sit here in this little church, and you give me an hour and an hour and a half every week, you're gonna get the Bible as it applies to our world today. And this is needed. I mean, we need this. You go to another church and they'll talk to you how to get blessed ten different ways and how to prosper and how to... You're going to get the Word. And if you get this, you will prosper. Okay? You will prosper. In a real way. Now look what Micah says here in chapter 3, verse 4. Then they, that is these wicked leaders, they, will cry out to the Lord but He will not answer them. Instead, He will hide His face from them at that time because they have practiced evil deeds. You reap what you sow. People always say, and I hear it all the time, why are they getting away with this stuff? Why are these leaders getting away with all these? They seem like they, they prosper from one, one group up to the next. They just always getting away stealing and robbing. It, payday is coming. And because it's lingered so long, the payday is going to be seriously ugly. It's coming. Now God promised Israel some payday here. And it's not pretty. Look what He says in verse 5. Thus says the Lord concerning the prophets. Now He's talking to the religious leaders. He, he, he dealt with the civic leaders. Now He's talking to the, the religious folks. And that would go to those today who are sitting in these big churches telling people what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. Same thing. False prophet. Entertainment. Entertainment. He says this, Thus says the Lord God concerning the prophets who lead my people, what? Astray. When they have something to bite with their teeth, they cry peace. But against him who puts nothing in their mouths, they declare holy war. Now isn't that the way it is? Do you know what, saying? Do you know what he meant? And that's figures he means? As long as you're dropping money on me, as long as you're padding my pocket, as I will prophesy good things to you. Glory to God. May the Lord just bless you and them, no matter what you're living in and how you're living, no matter what you believe, how false it may be. But as long as you give me 
material things, I'm going to just say blessing and peace to you. Peace be peace be upon you, sister, as you live in sin and wickedness. Peace, peace be, be. Oh, the Lord has, I have a word for you. It's so good. No, the word should be repent. Turn from your sin and get right. How many times do you ever hear that? We're going to have a lot of people come up. Let's all say something good about everybody. Now, why are you living with, why are you fornicating with somebody over here? Now, that's God. If that's really God, that's what you're going to hear. Oh, no. God says, judgment's coming to those people that do that. Now, you won't hear me do that nonsense in here. I'm not going to pull that stuff. Now, that pulls people in. You know, I was over at the, at the assembly over there, and the preacher come up, man, and he said, I'm going, I'm going to get rich one day. Hallelujah. He said, I'm going to get blessed the favor of God. It's my season. It's my season. It's getting ready to come in. I'm going to harvest uh, uh, glory to God. <laughs> Oh, harvest. Why don't everybody take out your wallet here? Let's, let's just let's speak wealth into that wallet in the name of Jesus. That stuff goes on, people. That stuff goes on. It occupies the church's time with material stupidity instead of the book. We're in a very serious time in our nation. If you and I don't be the light that we're called to be, we're going to lose this nation. And we don't have to. We don't have to. Come on, man. You hear this one a lot, but it's true. You know, if my people who are called by my name. Isn't that right? Do you know it? It was April 30th, 1974, just a few years ago. It was designated as a National Day of Prayer in the United States. God's people, the church, we welcome such a gesture. But we have to realize that getting right with God involves a great deal more than asking Him to bless us in spite of our offenses against Him. We need to turn some of these laws that have been enacted back. How can you have gay marriage when God does not sanction men living with men and women with women? Amen. Get rid of that nonsense. How can you have abortion on the back? Get rid of that nonsense. Then you got a right to ask God to bless you. Bless us, Lord. Bless us as we continue on our wicked path of evil. You think God's entertained by that stupidity? He doesn't play that game. As the religious leaders, yes, yes. You know, the Lord said that uh, going to be a great revival coming. Hallelujah! Great revival. You know what's coming? Judgment. Judgment. And no revival, friend. Judgment. Oh, but nobody wants to hear that. Preacher, that's depressing. Not if you believe in the blessed hope of it. Come on, man. Hallelujah. How many believe in the blessed hope? Amen. Amen. Somebody said, Are you an escapist? You better believe it. When the trumpet sounds, I'm out of here. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
You think Houdini was an escape artist? You watch me. And a blink of an eye, I'm out of here. Glory to God. Michael, Michael 3 6. Therefore, it will be night for you, talking about these evil leaders, without vision. It will be darkness for you without divination. The sun will go down on the prophets, and the day will become dark over them. The seers will be ashamed, and the diviners will be embarrassed. Indeed, they will all cover their mouths because there is no answer from God. Can you imagine walking to a church one day? God's going to bless you next week. You're going to come into your fullness and your blessing and everybody's falling on the floor and having a party. And the rapture takes place and they're still here. They're going to be covered in shame. They're going to be embarrassed at what they said because they found, they're found out now as, as liars. Think about that. God isn't here to play games with people. This is the real thing. We're, we're living in these, these times. And this, we've come full circle. Micah 3.12 Therefore, on account of you, Zion will be plowed as a field. Jerusalem will become a heap of ruins. And the mountain of the temple will become high places of a forest. That's what Micah said 2,600 years ago. What happened to Israel. Now, several years would go by, Jesus would show up, the Messiah would come, they would reject Him. Then the temple would be destroyed and everything Micah said came to pass. And almost 2,000 years would go by. 1,900 years would go by. The great American author, Mark Twain, I mean, know who I'm talking about. Huckleberry Finn, come on. Traveled in Israel to Jerusalem in the late 1800s. And he wrote. And boy, was he ever wrong. But he wrote. He said, this is the most God-forsaken place I have ever seen. Nothing is here. This great land of the Bible, it's a, it's a wasteland. It's a desert land. Nothing good could ever come of Jerusalem. So 50 years later, the Jews would be back in their land and that land would begin to blossom like a rose. And you go there today, 70 years after that, and it's the most beautiful land in all the Middle East. The most prosperous. They export more fruits and vegetables than any other country and they're the smallest nation in, this, in, in that land. You think about that. God said it would happen. He said it would become a waste and a desolation. And that's what Mark Twain saw. The fulfillment of this. You and I are going to see the fulfillment of the next few prophecies in our day. And we are watching it now. So we see the example of bad leaders. Bad leaders bring judgment upon the people. You got that? That's quite clear. Now secondly... Somebody say, all right, amen, he's moving to his second one. This is really short. i only got one verse for my second point. Good leaders. Bad leaders, good leaders. And here, the reason it's short, because in the book of Micah, he only had one, and that was Micah. <laughs> he's the good leader. How many know we need to strive to be good leaders? 
Amen. Come on, that was weak. In Micah 3.8, we have the prophet saying this. And, and let, me, let me preface it by, by this. Micah is not speaking from a position of pride. No, actually he's speaking out of a position of humility. But it sounds like pride. But here's a man that's totally confident in God and relying wholly upon Him as we should be. In Micah 3.8, he says this, On the other hand, speaking of not the, the just bad, now he's talking about speaking of the good leaders, he said, I am filled with power. I'm filled with the Spirit of the Lord and with justice and courage to make known to Jacob his rebellious acts, even to Israel his sins. Now that's a good leader. What's a good leader do? He reminds us where we're really at. He speaks on behalf of God to the people. Even if the truth hurts, He speaks the truth. And He stands for justice. Amen. And He's courageous to speak that and let it be known. Why do a lot of men today in the religious world, in the church world, do not? why do they not stand up and speak truth? They lack courage. It's called fear. Fear stops them. They're afraid. Oh, fight, fight. I say, and, and I'm not jamming on them because I'm not in their position. If I say this, I'll lose. These people, they, they give a lot of money. I'll lose. I got a mortgage to pay. I got a, you know, I, who are they relying on? God or the people? See, we've lost our way. I, I, I can't say that in the pulpit. Because I'll offend half my congregation. They, they all vote Democrat. Am I lying? <laughs> Micah had courage. He stood up and he spoke the truth. God's people, whether it's Israel or it's the church today, because of our relationship to Christ, we're to be the, the world's true spiritual leaders. Do you know that? Like Micah, we can proclaim the power of God's Spirit provided that we're yielded to His control. And we have, church, the right to declare man's sinfulness and his need to accept God's salvation. Amen. That's our mandate. Amen. Somebody say amen. Thank you, Josh. Come on. Micah made no bones about the matter. He knew that he spoke for Jehovah God and that he had the fullness of his spirit and the power that went with it. He knew he could rightly denounce sin wherever he found it. Whether it's in the church today or whether it's in the government, we need to declare a duck a duck. Amen. I don't know about you. I want it out. I don't want this nonsense in my country. I don't want this wickedness ruling. People need to go and vote these bums out. Yes, Stop trying to be PC. Political. I just don't want to offend. I'll offend anybody if before I'll offend God. Well, you know, a woman has a right to... That's not a woman's right to kill another human being. That's the biggest nonsense I have ever heard. She should have thought about that before she had 
That is a lie. A woman's right to choose. Well, the government doesn't have a right to choose who comes in and who doesn't? Of course not. But I have a right to kill my child before it's born. And these same wicked people, I notice I'll, I'll, I'll say it, wicked people will vote for partial birth abortion. They'll chop a baby up into pieces and sell the body parts for money. And then go out and vote to save the whales. Yep. <laughs> we are talking pathetic. Wickedness and sin. And it is what it is. We need to be good leaders and stand up and speak the truth just like Micah. Amen. Thirdly, say, I told you that was a fast one. Number two. Thirdly, I say the best for last, and it's a short one too, a little bit longer, but it's, it's, it's a good one. It's the best one. We talked about bad leaders in Micah, good leaders in Micah, and now God's coming leader in Micah. Now see, I said earlier that the reason leftism is popular is because it promises a global government. Do you know that in, in, in a natural sense? That's a good thing, isn't it? Why do the church, the people like myself, we, we fight against global government? Because it's under the Antichrist. It's not under God's plan. But ultimately, ultimately, God is going to have a one world government. Can I get an amen? Amen. You know, we have we talked about communism, we talked about a democratic republic, we talked about how both could be bad if, if it's run by bad people, amen. That's the problem. We can never have peace on the earth, lasting peace, with man sinful men at the hell. That's why I'm not discouraged. You say, well, preacher, you're preaching a bad message on, on all these bad things, but I'm, I'm happy because I know the end. And that's what I want you to know. I want you to get it. We're, we we have an expected end to reach. That should make you enthused. Amen. And the reason I can be enthused now, seeing all this bad stuff going on, and it upsets everybody in here, I know that, is because I know we're getting close to a conclusion. We're getting close to a, a change at the helm. Now, we talked about communism, socialism, uh, capitalism. Now, we're looking at the real thing is a theocracy. Anybody ever heard that term, theocracy? We have monarchies, we have uh, human governments that a monarchy runs through kings and queens and they run by birthright. You know, you have leaders by birthright. God's kingdom is a theocracy, meaning He is the king and whatever He says, you do. That sounds kind of like a dictatorship. Well, it is. It simply is. But He's perfect. And he can dictate because he's perfect, because he's God, because he's older. He can dictate the way mankind ought to live because he not only will he rule over man, he created man. He's the designer and the architect of human beings. And he's the one we need to look to. We were designed to look to him and live according to his ways. And because of rebellion against that, that's why we have the problems we do today. It's because of the sin and the unrighteousness. And again, don't get all upset at the leaders. You might do the same thing if you were given the same opportunity. That's right. Now think about it for a minute. When you take somebody like Hillary Clinton, who has her Clinton Foundation, 
several hundred million dollars sitting up in that foundation. How did that money get there? Somebody <laughs> gave them that money. You don't give people money just to be nice to them, do you, Robert? You're going to do a favor for somebody. And, they want, and this is called corruption. Even if it's legal, it's still corruption because you, you have set up something and set up a system to where you can take money from foreign governments to enhance yourself and your life at the expense of others. That's, that's corruption. So we're looking for a theocracy to come where God is in control at the helm of everything. And God uses delegated authority in his theocracy to rule through. And that's you and I, the faithful church. He will use us uh, to, to administer that rule, not just on the earth, but throughout all of creation. Somebody say amen. 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 Now in these passages that we're going to look at, Micah is looking forward, he's looking past the sin of the people that he's in now, just like you and I need to do. Now I'm almost done. Look at me now. We, we, we see where we're at. You see what's going on and you're not liking it, right? Do like Micah look beyond that to the reality of his word. Because all of what we've just seen has come to pass, just like he said it would. So the remaining prophecies, like Gary Stearman said, will come to pass. Just like the early ones did. Now I want to read from a small segment from the Jewish Bible commentary. You have uh, the, the Talmud, you have these writings from the Jewish rabbis that go back to the Middle Ages that are still used today. And I want to read one here that's very pertinent to the word that we're speaking today. After Jerusalem had been destroyed by the Romans under Titus in AD 70, the entire temple area was demolished Briars, weeds grew where the great edifice had once stood. Two rabbis, it is said, met one day on the scene of desolation. One walked about with the head bowed, weeping, lamenting, that there was no longer anything to which Israel could look forward. It was all gone. All he saw was desolation all around him. Then the commentary goes on. The second rabbi quoted Micah 4, 1 through 4. Let us rejoice, he said. The God who has brought this judgment on us promises that blessing. The very desolation of the place assures me that Jerusalem and the temple will one day be rebuilt. He chose to look through the eyes of faith. I choose today to look beyond the sad condition of our society. I look beyond that, just beyond that, to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ to set up His kingdom, to do away with sin and to usher in eternal righteousness. I choose to believe the Word of God like that rabbi, the second rabbi. He said, because I see the things going on in the world today, I'm not going to wring my hands and cry and worry about what's going to happen next. I'm rejoicing because God's Word is being fulfilled, just like He said it would. And He's about to come. Yes. For me, hallelujah. In Micah 5, 4, and he will arise and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord and the majesty of the name of the Lord, his God, and they will remain because at that time he will be great to the ends of the earth and this one will be our peace. Shalom. Yes. Hallelujah. 
He's talking about the coming leader. He's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah of Israel. He's coming. And He'll be great from the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. Verse 8, But as for you, tower of the flock, hill of the daughter of Zion, to you it will come, even the former dominion will come, and the kingdom of the daughter of Jerusalem. And what he's saying here, I believe, is that though you see desolation now, though you're looking at the judgment of God now in Micah's time, the glory is going to be restored in a future time. The glory will come back. And this tower, the tower of the daughter of Zion refers to the remnant, the faithful remnant that's there. You know, I was watching the video uh, just uh, yesterday evening on the temple coins that were newly minted and the, the fact that the Sanhedrin is looking forward to the rebuilding imminently the new temple tells me they're expecting the Messiah. They're ready for this time. We're living in the time right now that this prophet that we're reading from today, this morning, was looking forward to. We're living there. We're right here. And the conditions in Israel are the same as the conditions in the world we're in right now. Even in Israel, you see the Prime Minister's wife indicted on fraud charges. We see the, the corruption all over the world. But there is a king that's coming. There is a coming leader who's going to set things right. Now, where I don't want to sidetrack you. The Jews will accept a false Messiah at the rebuilt temple first. And, to, and then they'll realize He's the false Messiah and then they'll turn to the real one. You and I are just looking for... We're not looking for the Antichrist. We're looking for the Christ. I'm not looking for the Undertaker. I'm looking for the Undertaker. Come on now. Hallelujah. But God has a plan, you see, with Israel, with the human race. Micah 5.2, we quote this at Christmas time. This is what Mike is famous for in the church. Amen. This particular verse. And you can see as we look at today, there's a lot more to Micah than just this verse. Amen? But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you, one, that's capitalized, will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Here Michael was foretelling that God would take on human flesh to rule over His people. And that He would come from Bethlehem, the smallest of the towns in Judah. Isn't that like our God? From the very least likely where He would come. We know the story. Jesus of Nazareth born in Bethlehem and laid in a manger because there was no room at the end. The very king to rule had to be rejected by those very same people desolation would come but as the other prophets said that they would be brought back into the land in the latter times we're in the last of the latter times church yeah. old little town of Bethlehem hallelujah I, I, I remember reading that this morning as I was going over this lesson and just started crying thinking about Bethlehem and Jesus being born. But you know, it was all in God's plan, church. All in His plan. We see His reign is going to be from the ends of the earth. We see His coming will be from Bethlehem back to the earth. Amen. 
And what is his demand? Micah gives us a demand as we close. Verses 8 of chapter 6. God has told you, O man, what is good. You know, God's told us what's good. We have it here in His Word, right? And He says this, What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness or mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? That's God's demand on His people. It was on Israel and it's on us today. To do justice? Do we see justice in the world? We see injustice. But you and I are to be reflecting the one who called us and saved us. We're to be just. We're to love kindness and mercy. And we're to walk humbly with our God. We are the light of the world. The salt of the earth. Israel was to be a light to the Gentiles. They failed in that endeavor. Let us not fail. If the light is dim, let's brighten it up. Let's stoke the fire. Somebody say amen. amen. You know, we're followers rather than leaders by nature. Our responsibility, church, is to encourage leaders in every area of life who are doing all that they can for the sake of justice, righteousness, and morality. Support those. Those in our government who are doing what's right, support them. Those who are doing wrong, let's get them out. Let's do everything we can do. Somebody say amen. amen. When we have an opportunity to select leaders, we are to do so with great care. We dare not be uninterested in politics or government or even the things that go on in our church. It is our duty to help choose leaders qualified in every sense of the word. And if God, come on, puts us in positions of even minor leadership, we are to be the kind of leaders which the rulers of Israel were not. As Christians, finally, we have the joy of looking forward to the coming of the leader, amen, who will establish righteousness and peace on earth. We need not wait for him in idleness, luxuriating in the delightful fellowship of our Christian friends and acquaintances. Instead, we're to serve Him with all of our energies, giving Him now our enthusiastic loyalty as well as our full obedience. Amen. Let's stand this morning. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make Him an offer He can't refuse. With family, cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus